Hello and welcome to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben. I'm Mandy. 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 And I'm not speaking to you anymore. No. No more of this. I'm Ben. I know who you are. Because I'm so popular and famous. No, because you're very tall. I'm Mandy. Okay. All right. I'm Mandy. Okay. You climb the fall. I can't. Uh, thought you were Mandy. I am Mandy, but now Mandy can't do that. Mandy can do that. Well, I, well you, you've confirmed that I'm Mandy and I can't do it, so Mandy can't do it. Mandy can. Mandy cannot. You're not Mandy. No, I'm definitely Mandy. You're not Well, then who are Mandy. you? I'm Mandy. <laughs> but I'm Mandy. No, I'm Mandy. Well... I didn't have an out for this bit. I, no, I just, you just have to live in it. I'm going to have to live and marinate. Everyone is watching you make a fool of you. Everyone's watching you fail right now, They're Benjamin. Joke's on you. They can't watch us. It is an <laughs> audio medium. You, you absolute charlatan. You oaf. You buffoon. You've, you've mugged yourself. Oh no, I've mugged you've myself. You've mugged yourself. I've t- taken my own wallet. You've mugged yourself. It's a British expression. What does that mean? It means that you walked down a dark alley and then you stepped out and accosted yourself and said, give me all my money. And you said, oh no. And then you said, you have a gun. And then you said, oh no. And then you took all of your money and ran away. Okay, but then the end result is the same. I just gave myself a little fun time in the middle. What's the episode of The Nanny that we're watching today? <laughs> uh, so we watched A Plot for Nanny. Finally, we have an episode with a pun. It's not the fucking Christmas episode. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, finally, we have an episode with a plot, <laughs> which is not technically accurate. I still think Christmas episode is a pun. I still think it's a it's a pun. I don't, because it doesn't have anything. I think it's the idea of having an episode, like, this and is... it's the Christmas episode. So it's having an episode you're at giving, Christmas. You're giving them more credit, whereas this one is like an intentional, like... They lay the pun right out for us. They even they even make the joke of the plot is a plot for Nanny. I think they did the same thing with the nanny. Christmas episode. Fran Drescher says, this plot is a plot for Nanny. Me, it's, I'm the Nanny. The Nanny is me. Let's, let's go ahead and start talking about the episode. Here is the music that we play. Now we can talk about the episode. So I think the word plot is actually, it's a triple entendre. It is the burial plot, it is her mother's plot, and it is the narrative of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Do you I, think you're smart for that? No. But I do think I'm smart for Christmas episode. I Go ahead. A, I spent a lot of this mocking you. I feel bad. Well, then say some nice things I'm, about me. I'll tell you what. I will sit back and I will give you, we'll call it 45 seconds to just say nice things about me and... Go. You're tall. You're good at reaching things on very high shelves. Keep going. You sound English. <laughs> you usually hold that against me. That's the first time you've ever mentioned it as a positive. I'm just stating it as a fact. You got anything else in there? Any more gas in the tank? <laughs> um, you know how to record a podcast and edit it. Or editing still uh, up in the air. You know what? We'll call we'll call time there. Um, your 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 ability to compliment me um, it needs work. Uh, it it needs polish. I can say nice things about you. What's the nice thing about me? You're smart. You're funny. Aww. You. Aww. Oh, you suck up. You're considerate. See, that's, you're I don't want to say things that make me sound like a suck up. You have a really good sense of when to stop watching The Simpsons. <laughs> you always what? know the exact episodes for like, I think we're done with The Simpsons for today. Okay. It's a skill. But you can reach things on high shelves without having to climb stuff. It's a skill. I can do it. I'm tall. You're just not tall. I'm not tall. You had bigger shoes. Because I started drinking coffee in uh, <sighs> like in how does, fifth grade. How does this episode start? So this episode starts with Fran's birthday. Yay! Yay! 
okay. She's 30. Yes, which is like a joke in the first episode that she says that she's 29 and Niles kind of laughs at it. Yeah, Niles kind of repeats the number back at her in a sarcastic manner as if to say, are you fucking shitting me? 29. Don't start with me, Niles. <laughs> yeah, and so like this is when the house was backwards. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but and then they've decided like, yeah, she is. She was actually twenty nine, and now she's actually thirty, which worries me as someone of I am about to have my twenty ninth birthday, mm-hmm. or like about to have like it's like it's coming up. Yeah, like in a few months. Yeah. But I worry when I when someone asks me how old I'm going to be and I say 29, like, do they think that I'm lying? Uh, and what day is your birthday happening on? I just want to make some notes. You know what day. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. You want to tell but me? But you, you should tell me so I know that we're on the same page. I know my day. My dad doesn't know my day as I found out when we were getting insurance. I know your day. So, Fran, it's she has birthday. <laughs> do you know cake. it? Did oh, we... it's ab- absolutely, I do. Of course, I what do. What day is my birthday? It is October. No. September. Yeah. The thirteenth. No. The twenty third. No. Shit. Eighteenth. No. Twenty first. No. Twenty eighth. No. Twenty second. No. Are you fucking 26th? with me? Are you on purpose picking bad ones? I don't know. It's twenty twenty. It's twenty something. No, go down. 19th. 18th. 19th. 19th. You already said 18th. (laughs) Well, I wanted to have another guess just in case. You know they say it's always in the last place you look? I wanted to have that. actually in the second place that you look. Yeah, you check it again. (laughs) Yeah. When you find your keys, keep looking. (laughs) Yeah, your birthday's on the 19th. Of what month? I'm going to continue to say September. Yes. Yeah. And what's your social? Talk, let's talk about so Fran's having a birthday, um, and it's all very jovial. There's cake. There's the just the last line of "Happy Birthday to You," which do you think they had to pay f- to use the song? Um, I don't know if they, they had to. If it's like just that last bit, like they might have cut it with like you can get like mm. this many notes before you have to like they find you. Happy birthday to you. That's six notes. Yeah. So they might have been able to get away with it. Yeah, finger fingers crossed. I mean, there's no special guest really in this episode. So this that's where the special guest budget may have gone. <laughs> special guest, the happy birthday, the happy birthday song. song. Yeah. Um, but Fran's mom is there. Mm. Um, and is also like having her fuck yeah. candles. I I had a thought during the scene. Why the fuck isn't Fran celebrating this birthday with her friends? Why is why has her employer like? Here's the thing. I've worked for companies before. They will do like oh. We'll get, we'll get everyone who has their birthday in April and we'll get them together and we'll get one ice cream cake. So, if, is it just an employer thing? And if so, why the fuck is her mother there? I'm wondering if, I mean, it could friends? be like, I mean, she definitely like, she has Val as her friend. Yeah. So where it might be something Val? like, they're doing like a nighttime thing. Like they're going to go out for the night. Um, it's like, oh, here's like a birthday around the kids. And I'll also invite my mom because... That way she isn't invading on the fun party mm. at night. But where the fuck is Val? Well, she's going to be at the n- fun night party. Does? Like when they like do we, shots. We don't see any of Fran's other friends. I was reading about this. Russian friend has two friend- friends. Because the actress... Russian who- friend has two friends. Russian friend has two friends. Because the the woman who played Val left after like season two. So they wrote in a new character who basically became Val 2.0. Yeah. So, so Russian Val has has more friends and an extra season of stories. They ain't got the budget for more friends. <laughs> they don't even do any location stuff. But what present did uh, Fran's mother get for Fran? Okay, well, uh, first off, we should say what Maxwell got yeah. for her was uh, two tickets to Les Mis. Yes. And Fran is sad because she's like, Ugh, I'm 30 and I'm dating my mother and they think they're miserable. <laughs> She's basically taking her mom on a, on a date to a show. Which sets up kind of the rest of the show because Fran's upset that she doesn't have a date. Yes. So Fran's mom got her a cemetery plot. Yay! A great reminder that you're dying. Yay! She was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens, and then she died. <laughs> it's a different show. That's where you were going yet. <laughs> Yeah, we cut to the opening titles and then we are in a funeral parlor because Fran, I guess, is going to get store credit or something for this 
burial plot. Oh, well, the, so there is a bit uh, Maggie uh, interrupts the birthday thing. Which oh, yeah. She wasn't at the birthday party. Fucking rude, Maggie. Um, well, she's got that, the new hotness on the Yeah, on the whole, she's on yeah. the phone uh, talking to one of her friends, and the friend says that this other guy, who is not Jimmy Marsden, Jimmy Marsden is no longer going to be referenced. Yeah, what was the name of the character he was playing? Uh, uh, uh. Eddie, 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 Eddie. It's Eddie. It's Eddie. It's Eddie. It's uh, Eddie. <laughs> I just checked and now I can confirm it's Eddie. Eddie's gone. Eddie's Eddie, gone. Eddie uh, had to go. And His it's planet not, we needed don't even him. get like the decency of like an explanation of a breakup or a falling out. He's just, at, He's she, is, she is on to the next thing. Yeah. And that's fine. You gotta think, keep things fresh. Do you think Jimmy Marsden's heart was broken? Uh, who do you think broke whose heart in this narrative? I maybe I, they just mutually realize that they're not. I mean, compatible. Maggie seems like too ready for this new thing. I think that I think that she doesn't want to dump Jimmy Marsden. What if little Jimmy Marsden's parents had one of them was offered a new job in a faraway city? We'll say Los Angeles, West Coast, East Coast. He's going to be relocating. He's going to uproot his entire life. He's got to finish out high school on the opposite coast, away from the friends that he's made over the last 14 years of his life. That's heartbreaking. I'm sad for little Jimmy Marsden. And then on top of that, like, because I feel like he, because he really liked Maggie, and I feel yeah. like he would have been like, hey, we could do a long distance thing, and Maggie was like, nope. Yeah. I'm talking about this new guy no, on the phone. I, I have absolutely can only make smooches with someone who is geographically convenient no phone smooches no phone smooches phone no. smooches aren't the same and there's no skype because no, they can't do skype oh, yeah there's no skype remember when we were separated by and they have long distance COVID? calling yeah they have long it's the 90s there's not it's they're at least four years away from icq Uh-oh. do you want me to do a reference that you'll get yeah they're at least five years away from aol instant messenger <laughs> thank you you're very welcome <laughs> What was your AOL Instant Messenger handle? Um, so my parents made it for me. Mm-hmm. And it was... Um, so this is a reference that... I mean, it, beforehand it was not a reference. Uh, but now with our current political climate, it's not great. Um, my dad used to always go by... Because uh, there's a Q in our last name. Mm-hmm. So he would everyone call him Q. Mm-hmm. Which... Now means something different, Please. but so my uh, AOL handle when I was like very small was I'm little John Keo. Delancey. Oh, <laughs> I'm little Keo. Okay, I remember you telling me that. Mine was Benja Dude with Dude spelled D double O D. Yeah, and then um, in middle school when I was able to pick mine, it was Han You Girly. Where it was like Han. I don't know how to say it because it's fucking weeb shit, but yeah. it was some weeb shit. There's some weird shit. Yeah. I was I was Benja dude on AOL and I was Benja dude on Yahoo Messenger, neither of which I believe exist anymore. For the which is for the better, I feel. So Fran and uh, her mother go to the funeral parlor to get a refund. Yeah, or store credit. Fran uh, does not want this. We come to find out that uh, Fran's mom bought four plots, mm-hmm. one for herself. One for her husband, Fran's dad, one for Fran, and one for Fran's future husband yeah. or partner. Yeah. So there's a lot of like shoving toward like, hey, you should be married. Get married. And there's a little conversation about there's not going to be like some handsome guy who's just going to show up. And then someone from Star Trek The Next Generation walks in. Um, I forget what episode he was in, but he like played the mayor of some colony somewhere. I immediately recognized him. I don't recognize the name of the actor. I am going to look it up now quickly. Matt McCoy. Matt McCoy is the name of the actor. Yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. He's a very, uh, I guess, in high demand character actor. I'm having to scroll down to get to the, to he the 90s. He was on Seinfeld. He was on Melrose Place. Yep. He was in Bigfoot, colon, The Unforgettable Encounter. He was definitely in an early Next Generation. Yeah, he was in an episode called The Price. Which is a... What does it say what season it is? Season 3, episode 8, The Price. Counselor Troy is swept off her feet by a dashing delegate that uses unethical methods to conduct his business on board the USS Enterprise. (laughs) I have no idea what that even means. 
Yeah, I don't either. This is one of those episodes that's just been completely erased from my <laughs> mind. So and that's him. Did he did he fuck Diana Troy? Uh, I I suspect I may have happened. All of the what photos. Is, what are the, sc- the screenshots up yeah, imply all, a lot of horniness. All of the photos, by the way, on the IMDb entry for this episode are of Troy and Dr. Crusher <laughs> in their aerobics outfits on what is very clearly a modified set of the engineering section. And it's just them doing aerobics and stretching and posing and doing awkward, like, not quite scissoring each other. <laughs> like, this is this is a whole thing. There's our dude. That's the guy. Yeah. So um, if you want to follow along on this uh, audio podcast, uh, just yeah. go to IMDb and look up. The Price. The Price, Star Trek, yeah. Trek The Next Generation. And then just scroll through the photos. It's good stuff. That's amazing. Oh, big ears. That's the name of the episode. It's called The Price. Um, and there's more aerobics. It's back to the aerobics. That's that's Data and Geordie reacting to the aerobics. This is not good podcast. No. We are talking about something. All of this is getting cut out. <laughs> so I recognize this guy. Yeah, this guy tried to bonk uh, Deanna Troy on, yeah. on Star Trek um, The Next Generation. But we are, we are meant to assume that he is an attractive man because yeah. there's lots of oohs and ahs. And Fran's like, ooh, attractive. And... He's talking to them about the plot and why Fran wants to return the plot. And is it because her husband made other arrangements? There's definitely some needling for information happening here. Yes. Um, there's some back and forth. And then their Fran's mom is kind of like shoving them together. Like, now kiss. Yeah. This, th- th- she ships it, basically. And then apparently so does he because he just very upfront asks her out to dinner. Which then happens. Which she does at first think that uh, he is talking about her dying in yeah. the immediate... Look, Steve, you know, you do make dying so very attractive. <laughs> but uh, I just don't like to plan quite so far in advance. Well, then, uh, how about tonight? One and skip old age? There's a lot of very good jokes about mortality in this episode and about the frailness of humanity and the impermanence of uh, of mortality yeah it's very 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 uh philosophical this is an episode that's very pre like oh 40 is the new 30 50 is the new four like that kind of thing yeah. where it's like 30 is old 60 is the new 80 yes a lot of being old she's turned 30 and she ain't getting any younger yeah, it is uh, yeah. heavily focused on like, oh, she doesn't have her life together married with kids. Yeah. Uh, but look, here's this funeral director guy and she's going to go out with him. Yeah. And that happens. Uh, Fran is... Uh, uh, so Fran and... Uh, Maggie. Maggie. They're together getting ready for their dates. Maggie is borrowing an outfit from Fran, mm-hmm. um, which she did not do when she was dating uh, Jimmy Marsden because Jimmy Marsden accepted her the way that she was. Yeah. And this other guy is like, it has to go to a coffee shop and has to be fancy and fake. I, I definitely, and I made the observation because of the the kind of the, the leather jacket and the, uh, the turtleneck and the, the pants and the little beret and everything. Um, Maggie's cosplaying as Doug Funny's sister. I, I feel like the date is just going to be uh, that scene in an extremely goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know the scene you're referring to because I've never it's, seen it. It's a coffee shop and someone okay. does some some like snappy poetry things. Gotcha. So any open mic I've ever been to. Yeah. I'm going to take you on a date to an open mic. Oh, God. And then I'm going to perform at the open mic. You've. I mean, and then we watch everyone else perform, and we can't leave until the last person has gone up. You can't leave? You can, but we're not going to. Why won't we leave? It's disrespectful to the other performers. But I don't care about the other performers. Well, you can't tell them that. They don't have to know. They, I'm, reco- lit- I'm little. Recording- I can sneak behind them. I'm tables. tall and big. Will you stay? <laughs> I'll drive away and I'll get us Wendy's. Oh, actually, that sounds good. Let's do it. Um... <laughs> Maggie's ready for her date. Fran is ready for her date. The funeral guy shows up. Everyone's making a lot of fun funeral jokes because they promised they wouldn't, so naturally they're fucking going yeah. to. Um, Brighton has shown a lot of wariness about Fran going. She's like, oh, I have homework to do and I want you to help me slash just do just the do homework. The homework. Uh, um, there's also a bit where... Uh, no, I'm mixing up their Gracie. names. Gracie. Uh, I was like, well, who will read me a story? Bah, Fran has recorded has herself 
uh, reading the story. Using what is apparently a studio quality video <laughs> camera. Um, and yet a lot of this episode is preoccupied not with how Fran's date is going. In part because we know that that date's either going to go very, like, comedically poorly or very, very well. So the bulk of this episode is actually focused on how her potential absence, if she were to leave the family because she's found a guy and fallen in love, how that would affect the, the family yeah. unit. It's very different from, like, the Brock Storm episode yeah. where that wasn't really, like, a focus on it as much. Like, there was the bit of, obviously, like... Uh, uh, Maxwell uh, uh, using using her sexual favors to yeah. get this guy in a play. Yeah. Um, but that was like the only sort of bit to it. Uh, I mean, the, there was a little bit like them like staying yeah. up for her at the end, but this is one where it's like entirely just based around how the family feels. Yeah, this is much more about how it impacts the family unit than it is about how it affects Fran. And that is exemplified in a scene where Niles, off the clock, has poured himself a nice glass of what I assume is sherry. I think it's brandy. Brandy seems more likely. Or port, possibly. Some kind of some kind of dark liquid. Uh, got himself a cigar, got himself the paper. And he like has it like very neatly de- like on a tray. Like before I was just kind of laughing myself because it's like so nice. Like he has like a little rosebud in a stem glass and has this very nicely decorated thing that he made himself. He sits down, he holds out the brandy and Maxwell like runs in and is like, thank you. And then immediately takes the brandy from him. Yeah. And Niles says, this is his off hours apparently. It's after eight. And Niles kind of makes a point of Maxwell has nothing to do and is clearly anxious about the day. If you want to do something, why don't you sort the recycling? He steps outside, observes that there is recycling there. I guess brings some in. Yeah. And he's kind of like just talking, just kind of like, uh, like we're reassuring. He's like, oh, this is going to be nothing. Why? Like, what? what's the point of being like fretting and I'm not fretting. It's the kids that are fretting kind of just like yeah. himself. And he goes to do the not really recycling thing, but he opens the other door. And uh, out, in, out in the back is Fran and funeral man, which is his character's legal name. It's on his driver's license and birth certificate and everything. Just smooching up a storm. Yeah. Like leg, leggy go up and everything. Yeah. It's, they're very clearly having passions. Skinner were in the closet making babies and I saw one of the babies and the baby looked at me. Which leads to awkwardness because now Maxwell has to explain to Fran, quote, the rules of the household. Yeah, so uh, the next morning they're all at the dining room table. First Maggie is talking about how her date went and she is now has a lot of philosophical ideas uh not really explaining them well talks about like is the she's table... talking very quickly yeah is the table really a table is it does it exist when we're not acknowledging it maggie sweetheart next time you go to a coffee house try decaf <laughs> real kind of like philosophy 101 stuff yeah it's like that kind of like oh that what if all just oh, brains oh, in jars honey, philosophy? i have been i have been on this date and i've been in this <laughs> relationship and then you just kind of realize that, uh, like, them talking about the philosophical stuff, they're actually not that smart and kind of awful. Yeah, but she's, she's like, uh, like, two frappuccinos and a scone away from getting red-pilled. <laughs> I'm so glad I said that while he had a mouthful of, like, you were taking a sip of your drink. I had to hold so hard <laughs> we could not go out because it was bubbly and it would have hurt. <laughs> Fran is also talking about her date yes. and how well it went. And then you can kind of see uh, Maxwell being like... Yeah. And it's very it's interesting because it, it is... For the kids, it's definitely framed as, well, if we lose Fran, then we lose this person that we bonded with. Even if Brighton is kind of masking it in, oh, homework, blah, 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 blah. Like, there is, you could, it's very clearly when he's talking to Maxwell about it, um, he switches to homework, but it's very clear, like, yeah, I would miss her if she left. Yeah. And for Maxwell, he seem, it's not immediately clear. He seems to be switching between one minute he's concerned about the impact that losing Fran will have on the household, and on others he seems concerned about how it will affect him, personally. And it's definitely, I, I definitely, you know, it's very clearly implied that he's referring to the household when he is really talking about himself. It's like Zoe in Serenity talking about how the ship is fucked up, um, but she'll fly. And she's not talking about the ship, she's talking about herself because her husband got stabbed through the chest with a big stick. Can you make a non-Serenity reference? Can you make a good reference? Um, It's like when Mr. Bean gets his head stuck in the, cri- stuck in the Christmas turkey. In a way, 
we're all stuck in the Christmas turkey with Mr. Bean. Yes. Is that better? Yeah. Okay, good. cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, so then Fran goes off because she has a lunch date that she has to get ready for. And Maxwell's like, oh, I have to tell her that about the rules, the intimacy rules. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What actual shit is going on? And he's like, oh, right about, now. you know, there can't be uh, like the birds and the bees and there can't be any of that in here. Which like Niles knows is bullshit because the previous episode, Niles fucked down a Niles whole bunch. Niles 800% boned down. Yeah. Yeah. And at first, Maxwell's kind of going to pass it off to Niles. Like, oh, you have to, you're the senior staff. You have to tell her about the rules about having intimate partners in the home. And he's like, fuck that. I'm not doing shit. Yeah. Maybe these are new rules. Maybe Maxwell saw how tired Niles was after boning (laughs) down so vigorously and said, you know what? We can't have this. It's affecting productivity. Um, none of the little leathers in the sweatshop I have in the basement. Also, uh, you, little leather wallets. You put a dent in my fridge. You put a dent in the fridge where you like boned into it, getting quote unquote pudding. I'm not eating that pudding. I know what it is, <laughs> frankly. I mean, yeah. I mean, if if Maxwell has been made aware of Niles' indiscretions in the previous episode, I don't think he would want miss fine boning yeah, down either very much like watching these episodes one after another like really kind of like inform stuff they like because they they want to imply it as like oh he's doing the jealousy thing that's yeah. why he's like no partners but also uh niles has been doing a lot of fucking yeah yes yes <laughs> Maxwell goes up to Fran's room to tell her about these new rules that he has decided he upon. Had to have the most awkward interaction two human beings have ever had in oh, a television. Oh, it is. Sitcom. When you say awkward, I think horny. This is a very horny oh, yeah. conversation. The, and I think actually most of the horniness is coming from Fran. Yeah, like Fran is just very, because she's like, uh, kind of knows uh, like what he's comes like, oh, you have to talk about making things proper and stuff and having sex in the bedroom. And she's like, like making everything a double entendre. Yes. And is, the entire time she's also putting curlers in her hair and is having like, oh, you hold my hair and do this stuff. And is like totally flirty yeah. the entire way and like getting him flustered. Yeah. And it's just like, it's it's just one of those scenes that is like, just horny time. It's the horniest thing I've ever seen in a sitcom. Yeah, like this is this is that the is main reason coupling. why yeah. this is a a show about them getting together yeah. and why when they got together the show ended. The show stopped being a show. It stopped being interesting. Yeah, because it's like you want the horny scene. It's why the Russian version of the show had them getting married be a dream sequence and undid it, married with children style. Uh, so they could have a sitcom of the will they won't more one more season of will they won't they before they got married at the end of the the Russian only episodes. Wow. Yeah, I've been reading about the Russian nanny. So that- uh, Maxwell kind kind of says it, and friends like I, I mean I know the rules, but also getting you worked up. You've got seventeen boners right now. We are also missing the part where uh, Niles was preparing himself a plate for breakfast, yes. and Cece came in and took the plate. Yeah, it was a connected thing of like from the night before and getting his brandy yeah. taken away, and then here he's making breakfast. Uh, Cece immediately comes in and is like. B and CC, but also notices that Niles isn't like doing comebacks at her. Yeah, you've been oddly professional, Niles. What's the deal? Niles is like, I'm lulling you into a false sense of security. (laughs) And then she asks where Maxwell is, and Niles says, He's gone upstairs to discuss with Miss Fine the possibility of having sex in her room. So it just, his smile as he walks away from her. It's so good. It's delicious. Like, it's the kind of thing where. You, I wish this were a real moment and I wish I were in the room for it. <laughs> like, that's how it feels. Like, it was just so... Like, they both play it so oh God, yes. well. Because also, like, oh. Cece's face. Yes. Of just, like, the shock. And uh, technically, Niles isn't lying. Yeah. Uh, he's just leaving out the whole thing of, like, heavily implying that they're fucking together. Yeah, the information that, that Niles is... is providing cc is not inaccurate but it could use some elaboration but after we we go from that to the scene of of exceptional horniness horny nanny times and then uh 
Fran goes to see her her husband? No. No. Fran goes to see her date, her boyfriend, accidentally spills someone's dead relative on the floor. It was something of like, because it's not really connected to anything. She's just kind of messing with stuff. She's bored and waiting. It's it's one of those things where it's like Chekhov's gun, but it's Chekhov's funeral parlor where there's a bunch of urns and shit. One of those has to be toppled over so that there will be ashes on the floor. And that is your go-to little physical comedy bit. Yeah, Fran, uh, she's in the, the like the coffin showroom floor where she gets to see all the different coffins and and the salesperson. Wants they're to go, coffins. What? They're co- they're coffins. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you giving me that look? Well, they're not technically they're not. Co- what is it? Because there's coffins and then there's caskets. Caskets. Yeah, That's but it's 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 the caskets and it's like so. This is where the room. Where the salesman would come, what's it going to take to get you in a casket today? You go in and you say you want a casket with an oak pine finish, and then they say we're going to try get we're going to let me let me show this little mahogany number, and then they make you get in it, and then they get out, and then they want to draw up paperwork, and you don't really want this one because it's not the, the 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 casket that you came to the funeral parlor for, and they're really trying to press you, and they bring the manager over, and you say, well, I already have this much money for a down payment for the deposit on the casket, and this isn't really what I wanted. I'm not married to this casket. And they're like, well, what if we said you didn't have to make a deposit? What if we just make your monthly payments? It's like, well, we can afford this, but we still don't like we. Ha- you haven't shown us the casket we came in here for. We. D- I just want to look you're in, you're at an oak pine casket. I did not come in here for mahogany. We just bought a car last week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still. I'm still dealing with that. But yeah, it it, it is kind of weird that she like. They had uh, just ashes on yeah. the show floor. <laughs> Fran makes what is, I think, a perfectly reasonable assumption is that these are display model urns. So if I were, I want to see what's. I'm never gonna. When am I? When are you ever gonna get the opportunity to look at the ass end of an urn? Oh, I thought she was looking at like the price of it. I don't know. I don't think they stick the price tag on the underside of the urn. But if you go to urn. a regular store, that's okay. what the price would yeah, be. So she tips it upside down and a whole ass dead person falls out. Yeah, and then she's like on her feet, just like not even trying to like scoop it back in. Just like just I'm like, just trying to tre- wipe it yeah, away. Treading it into the carpet like it's part of the pattern. Like it's always been there. Uh, <laughs> I, trying to gaslight her gas new boyfriend new funeral boy- yeah. director. It's... It, that, and again, it's one of those brilliant moments of Fran Drescher physical comedy. It's very, it's very uh, Lucille Ball esque, yeah. where, where she tips it in the face, and then she's got the physical comedy of her like trying. Yeah, it's one of those things. Like again, it is expected. It's the, like you're going to have a joke with ashes. Yeah, but it's pulled off so well that like I know exactly what's oh, going to so happen, good. and I enjoy it when it does. Yeah. Anyway, her boyfriend comes in and says he wants to be a clown. Yeah. Um, so he's like, oh, I want to have a career change. I don't like everyone is uh, sad at my job. I want to make people happy. I'm going back to college. We, we're glossing over the segue a little bit, which is where Fran makes some kind of joke. And he's like, you're funny. <laughs> uh, I like, like it when people laugh. I want to be a fucking clown. Yeah. Like, that's basically he's how that... A clown. He, puts, he gets a big nose. He puts on a little yeah. clown nose. Um, he says he likes making people laugh. He doesn't like being around sad people all the time. It's a family business. It's not he's something he fell into. I mean, that's something that you that you can kind of like relate to. Oh yeah, so you're a big clown. I mean, I'm I'm a huge clown, but it's something I can relate to in terms of my 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 father. My dad was a very prominent author and podcaster, and I, I don't I, I hesitate to say personality. I don't know how big of a presence he was in the pagan community in the U.S. But he did a lot of talks and presentations and workshops around the country. And when he died, obviously, once you die, I don't know if you're aware of this, it's difficult to continue producing work. Unless you're V.C. Andrews. Unless you are V.C. Andrews. Or Tom Clancy. Yeah. When are they going to do a crossover (laughs) book? I'd read the shit out of that. Um, but it's my dad is no longer producing works. When he passed away, we got emails from thousands of people around the world sending their condolences, saying how, much, how impactful his his books were and his podcasts and his workshops. And I don't personally believe in any of the things that my dad believed in, but I, I, I choose to believe that the things that he did positively impacted people. So it's really annoying when those people find out my dad has died and then email me to angrily ask why I'm not continuing his work. Yeah. That I'm not my dad. Which, like, and it would be very <laughs> fake. Like, if you did it and not being a person who doesn't, like, you're not in that belief, yeah. uh, but pretending to to keep it on, that's how, like... 
little small religious groups turn into cults oh, yeah. that take all your money. Yes. Because if you're not oh, in shit, for- wait, we could be taking people's money? <laughs> oh, no. Fuck. All right, I, I'm, I'm going to read some of my dad's books. <laughs> it's been seven years. I could say he sent me a message on the other side. And told me where he found a secret manuscript. And the manuscript is just some bullshit that I wrote. Yeah, we could get yeah. some manuscripts. Get, get that paper. With my with my dad, It's the irony of it is that a lot of my dad's... The stuff that my dad talked about and my dad discussed on in his books and on his podcast were... Is forging your own path and finding your own path. And I know that my dad would not have wanted me to continue his path for him. My dad was always very proud of the shit that I did on my own. Don't know if he'd be proud of this podcast. But so, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I think my, my dad was always proud that I was doing my own thing and not trying to just be him Mark II. Mm. So it's ironic for me, a lot of this is probably going to get cut out, but it's ironic for me that when people email me saying, well, why aren't you continuing your dad's work? It's like, did you read literally anything he wrote? What? the fuck are you talking about yeah so instead you decided to be clown i decided i said i decided to be a clown which is i'm a stand-up comedian which is basically the same thing i do wear some colorful shirts while i do it um and you got a big red nose yeah i do have a but that's medical it's fine and like red hair yeah and my nose is crooked we think i may have broken my nose at some point i have no memory of this happening <laughs> i think your dad broke your nose <laughs> because i wouldn't continue his work after he died no i just think that babies are easy to drop and that's i definitely fell down some steps when i was a kid yeah uh, so that's uh, certainly a possibility but fran obviously is a mature person and she you know likes the person pe- the people that she dates she likes them for who they are so she's not going to do anything as shallow as end a relationship over the fact that someone wants to take their career in a different direction and pursue imme- a passion. He does immediately squirt water in her face. Deme- that's what ends the relationship. She would have been fine with him being a clown. She doesn't like getting water in her eyes. Because I mean, like, in fairness, it is early on in their mm. thing. Uh, she wants to get into, like, a stable relationship and, like, settle down in a few years and kind of get on that path that she already feels that she is late for because she's just turned 30. Yeah. And here's a guy with like a stable job running uh this funeral parlor yeah. seems like very settled down and he's like no i want to change everything no, yeah, I'm and gonna change it up. i don't even seem like from all appearances he's not a good clown he's like i'm just gonna get up and go yeah. of this whole other thing and it's like if someone you love wants to pursue their passions, I definitely think that you should support them. Like, I always want to support you and your passions, yeah. and I hope that you support me and mine. Which is I was a clown when you met Which me. is why we are doing this fucking <laughs> podcast, is you supporting me and my passions to talk about the nanny. I enjoy but this, too. also, if we had been dating for, like... A couple days, Not, uh, and then it, and then I was like, "Hey, in. I want to quit everything and just do a podcast about the nanny." You'd be right to bounce. I, well, I was also unemployed at that time, so neither of us could have supported <laughs> either of us. Um, uh. But I think, yeah, seven, if it was seventeen minutes into a twenty-two minute story where you you're like, "Yeah, I'm going to quit and make a make a clown podcast," I think my response to that would be, "I'm going to go. Good luck." Uh, if you need help with a down payment on your first nose, let me know. And I'm going to go and join a cult. So much for our, relation- of our early relationship. It was brought to you solely by MoviePass. Yeah. <laughs> I, I keep, I've, I've kept my MoviePass card because it, it, it is, uh, sent- there's sentimental, there's a lot of sentiment surrounding that card. A lot of our dates were MoviePass dates. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so this relationship um, is... Uh, dying as he tries the, to... The, Fran and the funeral director, not our relationship. I want to stress this. We're fine. I hope so. We're in this apartment together. We have a podcast together. We bought a mattress together. We just bought a fucking car. We just bought a fucking car. You have to, you have to love me for minimum five years. Yeah, minimum six years. Six years? Yeah, shit. Uh-oh. <laughs> get married that's gonna be our vows i vow to love you for a minimum of six years we can revisit at that time <laughs> so fran uh, is getting ice cream maggie has also broken up with her philosophy boyfriend uh because apparently he, he was leering at cheerleaders and it takes the ice cream from her which means that it is like a f- like she has learned this from watching her father of if the staff have something in their hands just take it yeah it's all yours we buy everything, so just take it. Help yourself. 
But Fran digs out uh, the cake to uh, feelings eat instead. Yeah. And they're both just like groaning about guys. Yeah, they 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 have a little uh, uh, emotional sharing dumping session where they talk about how terrible men are. Fran goes to put the leftover cake in the fridge. Brighton and Maxwell ask what's up. She says as the relationship has ended. Brighton and Maxwell high five because another win for misogyny. Yeah. Um, like, and, hey, our woman's hours again. Yeah, and we're 18 minutes into this episode and it hasn't ended yet. We've got four or five minutes left to fill and the episode story seems to be done. The, the, high five, the high five should have been the freeze frame roll credits. Where the fuck is happening with the rest of this episode? The answer is, Fran is in her bedroom uh, talking to her mum about how... Which, this, this, if anything, would have me be like, oh... Where is Val? Because it's weird that she's just like with yeah. her mom. Like, this seems like something yeah. you'd be talking with your girlfriend about. So I wonder if there's something like they couldn't get Val this episode. Val's been gone for a little bit. Like, yeah. it's been a couple of episodes since we lost yeah, Like, I, Christmas episode, I think, was the last time we saw her. Yeah, and I don't know what it... Because uh, I believe the mom is also... She's considered, like, a guest star. Yeah. So I, I think for both of them, like, they're not, like, yeah. regular cast... Currently, like, a regular... I don't think they've appeared in the same episode together. Yeah. I might be wrong. But yeah, she, they were uh, in pilot. Yeah, Fran is opining to her mother about how the perfect man who cares about her and respects her isn't just going to fall into her lap and just walk through the door. And that's when Maxwell comes in a couple of times. Very funny. He he ha ha. Help yeah, me it's like a, a thing. Of like come and pick a tie. What are you waiting for? You think Mr. Wright is just going to walk right up, knock on your door, and say, "Here I am." Ah, oh, there you are. <laughs> Which side, the yellow or the green? And uh, so she picks one, leaves. She's moaning like, oh, like no one who's going to like respect me in my opinion. And then the second time he comes in and he says, "I'm sorry to bother you again. It's just I value your opinion." It's. I have to say that line delivery is amazing. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. It's such a great moment. Because it's one of those things where, like, in universe. I get that it's that's not an obvious thing to him. Like it's delivered so well that I simultaneously it is so obvious to the, to the audience that like yeah. okay we are meant to like ship these two together. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like oh in universe like yeah they wouldn't acknowledge each other. They probably don't see it. Yeah. You know it's like how when one person is sending signals to the other and the the other person just doesn't see it for you know several hang sessions holding hands in the movie theater. And then when you finally, you know, you're dropping them off at home and you finally pull up the courage to say, I like you and I think you like me. And then you ramble for what feels like eight calendar years. You rambled for a while. I was like, I don't know. And then your response to that was, I need this person to stop talking. So you kissed me. Yeah. That's pretty great. Pretty much. Pretty great. And then that's the end of the episode. And then there's a like a post credit like during the credits there's there's uh and literally the post credits is them just like walking out and then like going through the door and Fran's mom doesn't shut the door. That's the bit. Why? Why is that <laughs> there? Because they need like I don't even know whether that was scripted or if they were like this was a bit of something else where they were just having yeah. a conversation it didn't fit, but just like that little bit of she didn't close the door. And Fran just kind of sounds yeah. like, close, Ma, close the door. It reminded me, it's not quite the same thing in terms of energy, but there's a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode that ends with them talking. And then Will Smith says, We so rich, why we can't afford no seal? <laughs> and the camera pans up to see the studio lights and everything. <laughs> it's not quite the same thing, because I think it's just a dumb character moment, but... That's the end of the episode. What did you what did you think of this episode? So looking at it from a nineties perspective, like very much of its time, this is a good setup toward later things of like establishing here's this relationship that you're yeah. going to have. The show is going to become a will they won't they kind of thing. Um, and this really kind of establishes where that at where that is, where neither one kind of see it. Uh Fran is definitely like flurry, but just kind of like a teasing flurry. Yeah. And Maxwell is just like it completely over his head yeah. kind of thing. Like that I like from a contemporary perspective, a lot of it is kinda like uncomf uncomfy stuff mm. of like I own this woman's sexual life. Yeah. It's one of those things where you kind of have to like shove away a little bit for it to be a, like a, an okay episode. Yeah. I I think this is the first episode where I can say definitively I didn't like it. Hmm. I think a lot of the, the a lot of the premise is 
is fine. And I kind of feel like if this had been shot on black and white in film in the 50s, I think I probably would have loved it. But a lot of the episode felt like keep going pull we, we need to make up 22 minutes like keep yeah stretching it is, out stretching it out it's kind of thin like yeah. even just like us kind of talking out like we've definitely made it but we've gone on uh tangents and i don't know yeah. when it the, when we cut out the the bits of our own stuff how long yeah. this will end up being because there's not a lot there yeah it's just a very thin episode there's a lot of interesting ideas but they're kind of you know i, I there's I, no b-plot there's no B. The closest no B thing plot. to a B yeah. plot is Maggie is also dating someone, but yeah. there's nothing there. Yeah. I, it's just a little bit of she'll say something before Fran says something. Yeah. This is the first episode where it feels like this feels like the script was not ready. They didn't have enough material. It feels like, particularly the scene where they're ta- where where Fran's talking to her mum at the end and Maxwell keeps coming in and out, that feels like we are two, three minutes short. We need to film, we need to write something and film something. That, I I, I do feel like that was on purpose. Because again, yeah. like, this is a, like, putting the cherry on top of, yeah. like, here's the shipping them. So that, I feel like, is very purposeful. Yeah. It's just, I do agree, like, a lot of the scenes are kind of, like, drawn out. There's not, like, because there is no B-plot, really, there's nothing, like, we don't know anything about Maggie's stuff. Yeah. And I, I feel like that might be an intentional thing of like them kind of knowing like okay we're moving this direction of like making it a romantic thing we need to like let these characters kind of like really feel it so that everyone kind of knows that we're going there but the downside is then there's not a lot else yeah it's it's very thin it's very i can picture a producer just off camera doing the pulling taffy motion or like stretch it out stretch it out we don't we're running short stretch it out like if this were a sitcom that, that were being shot live like they used to back in the day or being broadcast live like they used to back in the day i would imagine that's probably what but it, it just it feels unfinished this episode has a real kind of unfinished quality to it that just made it feel like there it was there wasn't enough there yeah there um, was like i it might be better if and i don't know what she'd be doing other than that little scene but there's that one scene with Cece, otherwise she's not there. Yeah, she's she has like three lines in the whole thing. Gracie doesn't have much to do. Brighton doesn't have much to do other than uh, complain that the woman that he owns isn't doing his homework and high five his dad. Rather than trying to stretch out the A plot, try to do something with the B plot. Yeah. But this may have been a thing where, well, we have a limited budget. We can only afford these actors and these sets and um, we can afford one custom set and we have to rent caskets from caskets or us and they keep we just want the oak pine and they keep trying to get us to take the fucking mahogany and i don't want the mahogany why are you making me climb inside the moh i don't want i told you exactly what i wanted when we stepped through the door i told you exactly what we wanted so why are you showing me this different unrelated car a casket i don't care i'm not interested I don't like. I don't like this episode. This is the first episode I can say I do not like it. Oh wow! Yeah, it's. I, it's. It's such a shame because there are so many fun elements. Yeah. Um. There are some great little moments. Niles is spectacular in this episode. This episode probably has some of my favorite Niles moments. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the weakest episode we've watched so far. Yeah, it's not like a full like. I think my enjoyment of it comes from just like the bits that are good. Yeah. I really like those bits. Yeah. A full episode, it doesn't really make. Yeah. It's like even a bad episode of Doctor Who has moments in it that I can enjoy and quote. And what about the one with the impreg? What's the fun moment in the one the, with the hairless stitch? The end credits. <laughs> what are we What are we watching next time? I think you've read all of these for the last, like, five episodes. Do you want to read them? No, you should do it. Okay. The next episode, Fran volunteers to be the director of Grace's school show. All goes well until Maxwell butts in and tries to take over. And that is, the show must go on. I look forward to watching that one. We have a special guest joining us for that episode, do we not? We do. Our good friend Lamar Harris, otherwise known as Lamar the Con Guy, will be joining us for that episode. And I bet we have a lot of fun talking about i bet it's It's gonna be a good time definitely not something that we've already done we didn't already record it last weekend it's in the future it's taking place in the future 
But in the meantime, uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Out on Her Fanny. If you are enjoying the show, uh, do please consider sharing us with your friends and do please consider leaving a positive review on platforms like Apple Podcasts, anywhere else where you can leave reviews. Uh, Tweet about us, talk about us on social media. Little podcasts like ours live and die by word of mouth and we were truly... We're dying. We're dying. We're We're not actually dying. We're doing... Yeah, yeah, I think we're doing okay. Yeah, I've been getting support of people and they have good tweets and I get very happy when I send me a nice tweet. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, Mandy monitors the socials for... This is like the only project I'm involved in where I don't monitor the socials, so it's (laughs) nice to have that freedom. But yeah, we we appreciate when people talk about the podcast. You can find the podcast on social media, predominantly Twitter and Instagram, at out on her fanny it is spelt exactly as it sounds and our website is oofcast.com that is o-o-h-f-c-a-s-t dot com mandy where can we find you on social media you can find me on instagram twitter and facebook at mandy quesadilla and ben where can we find you on social media well i'm glad that you asked i could have asked you (laughs) do you want to no i won't do it i won't ask you you have to ask yourself and Ben, where can we find you on social media? Well, I'm glad you asked uh, Mandy doing an impression of Ben. Uh, you can find me, I'm at Ben Padden on Instagram and Twitter. A little bit on Tumblr and Facebook. I don't really use those very much because Facebook is the source of humanity's woes. And Tumblr is the place where people make jokes about Obama's shoelaces. I don't know if you could call it a joke. It's uh, It's something. Some words. Some words, yeah. Um, huge thank you to the Grand Geek Gathering for uh, not providing our hosting. We do that. Fuck you, Tyler. Uh, but certainly, <laughs> certainly for promoting the podcast and for uh, uh, being part of a, a fun little network. There's a bunch of different shows uh, that you can check out. Uh, I can't remember the names of any of them right now, but uh, certainly do check them out I think most of these like pivoted the to game YouTube of, the game of Rassilon game of Rassilon which is the Doctor Who role playing game actual play podcast that I GM which is a lot of fun most of the other shows on Grand Geek Gathering are pivoting to YouTube yes so do check out their which YouTube channel is not a thing that we could do because you add a lot of clips and we would immediately get uh, copyright strikes anyway we will be back next week thank you very much for listening to Out on Her Fanny a podcast about the nanny I've been Ben I've been Mandy and yes We We do do know know it it means means vagina. Grand Geek Gathering